0: Hey guys, what's going on? Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, today is a very uh, interesting, deep, introspective, and highly informative podcast with Taryn Gatora. She is a 27-year-old CEO, um, race and gender equality and environmental activist. She's a ton of things. She's a um, she's just a lot. She's a lot to digest. She's um, super young given what she's accomplished. Um, Very insightful and very innovative. Um, We spoke on the podcast about uh, for young women, you know, you can't be what you can't see. Um, That being said, it was great to see her and leading by example, uh, showing young female entrepreneurs, young women, uh, just a way forward and how to kick ass early in life. Um, So that was awesome. Uh, Really appreciated being part of her journey. She's kind of fighting the good fight. We talked about her business, uh, Bloom which is a um, organic personal care product business that has grown to do some very large numbers. They raised over $3 million um, just this year Um, and they are moving very, very quickly. It's a sister dynamic family business, if you will. Uh, we talked so much about what femininity means, what being a feminist is, advertising standards. We talked about you know, how you actually get your revenue up past 10K, the emergence of femtech and what it actually means, what venture is and how to get there, um, the importance of worrying about what girls are doing you know, in their early ages and their development and what it actually means, what these toxic, uh, toxic chemicals are that we're putting in our bodies and the implications of that. Um, I really, really, really enjoy my time, um, and I know you guys will too, so let me know what you guys think. Rate, as always, we really appreciate you guys. Um, feedback is always encouraged, and uh, enjoy the episode. So, Taryn, thank you for joining me. I really appreciate your time. I know you're busy. I know you got a lot going on, and uh, taking an hour, two hours, hopefully not three hours out to talk to me. Really appreciate it, so thank you.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm no. excited
0: problem i think today is we'll try to keep it short even though it's not going to be short but i will make a genuine effort to keep it short it's hot (laughs) as hell out here um you're a super interesting person you're super young relatively if it's a hundred year game you're 27 26 27 27. when's your birthday
1: (laughs) january 3rd
0: january 3rd which makes you a capricorn
1: yeah what are you again did we talk about this? oh virgo we
0: did not talk about this okay you into that type of thing
1: i um, super into it. Oh yeah. No. I'll tell you about this app later that you got to download.
0: You can tell me about it now.
1: Okay. Not What's this app? It's not sponsored. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys, is this sponsored? Is there like a B-roll? Oh uh, yeah, we have a B-roll. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's called <laughs> Pattern App mm. and you put in like your first name, last name, city you were born and the time. Yeah. And then it's not like a usual astrology app with like just your horoscope, but it actually gives you like your life patterns so it'll and they change like so it'll tell you like the dates and like the phase you're in Mm. and then the best part about it is when you add friends it tells you which patterns you share and then every day it gives you like a notification about like you and that person Mm, like really interesting insights i don't know but so far that it's been freakishly accurate for anyone that i've like, shared it with.
0: Uh, yeah, but how true is that? Or how true is it just like, oh, you saw it, so it came to be? Like, for instance, if you're like thinking about, if you just had a meeting about how to market a vegetable company and you keep on noticing radishes, you're like, oh my God, radishes are everywhere. You have recency bias, don't you think?
1: Yeah, so like, usually astrology apps and like horoscopes are super generic, so yeah. you can, they can relate to anyone, but this is like extremely specific and then it's not even just like predicting what's gonna happen, but it tells you stuff that's happened. I'll show you after.
0: Okay. All right. I'm a skeptic. <laughs> I you as a friend. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll get a notification today, don't talk to Josh. He's on some <laughs> other shit. His his he's in retro Mercury's in retrograde for him or something Mercury's like that. Mercury's always in
1: retrograde. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Depending on your yeah type of life.
1: Like the I think the around the time I saw you is when Mercury retrograde was ending and there's like that checklist on Instagram where it's like things that will happen to you during mercury retrograde and like everything on the instagram checklist happened to me like missing a flight an ex coming into your life like every single thing oh no oh no yeah so this is an astrology podcast now
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love it you're so you're you're a little bit um, superstitious in a way which like really surprises me because you're a super practical person like, you're mm-hmm. really practical and logical and, mm-hmm. like, efficient in your approach and business <laughs> and life. And then you're kind of just like, well, the stars, you know. Here, let me tell you about the stars real quick. Um,
1: I'm, like, pretty woo-woo as well.
0: Really? Yeah. Damn. Shout out to you for having a balance.
1: <coughs> I guess so.
0: It's hard. I, don't know, I yeah. get, yeah. Listeners know.
1: I'm pretty, like... I'm all about like keeping my energy clean. I mean, Sue talk right. about this all the time. Oh, sure. yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I sage my apartment. Like when I'm around people, yeah, but I that, sage myself when oh, I get you know, home. Oh around people, I did it after I met with you. No, I'm kidding. Oh my god, I was that
0: toxic for you. I told
1: you, joking. <laughs> Shit.
0: Yeah, when I So I met with this guy. I went home and immediately showered <laughs> and saged because he was fucking up my energy and environment like crazy. Um, anyways, so the listeners will have already heard of an introduction, but. Um, You are someone who's gone out, raised a ton of money, achieved a lot for your age, gone down many different paths and done many different things um, when you haven't had a lot of time, which is very interesting. So you clearly have some sense of urgency in your life, which is even more interesting. Um, Where... What would, when you're out and you're introducing yourself to an angel investor or you're just introducing yourself to a person in business and they're kind of like, so Taryn, like what are, what are you, what what are you about? What's your thing? How do you, how do you introduce yourself? How do you want yourself to be perceived?
1: That's a good question. (laughs) Um, yeah, I really believe in being yourself at work. Mm-hmm. and like that's something that like is important to me for my team want everyone to feel like they can be themselves not that you have to like like s- turn off a switch when you're like in work mode right. that being said I did feel like over the course of like uh pitching my business I became like almost like you channel this like like Sasha Fierce or like you know you yes, have to be yes. a little more I, I'm Canadian super like we we talked about this last time like you are reasonable and you're quite humble Um, but the thing with raising money is you have to be pretty confident like Mm -hmm. you need to be self-aware but you also do need to come across confident and so that's something i had to work on for sure Um, just having that like certainty and conviction although i am someone that has a lot of conviction in in my vision so like once Um, Like the ball got rolling. That wasn't so hard. But I think what I usually really want people to leave with is knowing like the why behind why I'm doing this and why it matters to me. So that's it's it makes it easier for me to channel my energy and my conviction into talking about the mission of the company, Mm -hmm. because that's usually what I want them to be left with.
0: How do you actually convey that? Like, hi, I'm Taryn. I'm blank. I'm something. I'm a spiritual powerhouse from Canada. (laughs) I don't know.
1: Um, So I usually lead with like Telling the story of Why we started and the impact we're trying to make Mm -hmm. So like I told you Last time um, When we talked to our audience of women 60% of them could pinpoint That their self-esteem plummeted when they went Through puberty And that's also around the age Like 9 to 12 is when most girls Drop out of uh, STEM fields and sports Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Which is something that is really detrimental to all of society because there there's a ton of extremely smart girls growing up um, and dropping out of um, sports and STEM when they could be like doing achieving amazing things. And there's also like a similar stat that says a girl's confidence actually peaks at age nine. That's when it peaks. Um, that's extreme. Yeah. And I don't know how like accurate that is now. Like, I think that's really changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it's obviously hard to measure. But Easy when for you, you ta- to say
0: you're a pretty confident person.
1: Um, I don't know. No? I, no. I mean, I, yeah, I am a confident person, but I feel like we all probably come across more confident than we, we always are. are. Sure. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: I'm not really an overthinker, but like,
0: really, you know, I don't know I think you're super insightful but I'll I'll challenge that a little bit you're definitely uh, you think about you you are maybe not an overthinker but you're an abstract thinker you try to definitely look at things (laughs) different from different dimensions I mean look at the nature of your business I mean that's a Mm -hmm. different approach that you um, took like I mean you looked you you took on monsters pharmaceutical monsters and and who are your main competitors, actually? Actually, let's let's give a little bit more context. So what is your product? What do you sell? How do you sell it? And then who are your competitors?
1: Okay, so tying into that stat yes. um, is the fact that, so we're in um, like the personal care industry, and the first product we started with was organic pads and tampons. Mm-hmm. And the reason was uh, we found out what was actually in mainstream pads and tampons. Which is? Yeah. Um, Pesticides, like the cotton's grown with pesticides, bleach, um, all kinds of things that you probably don't want in your bloodstream because mm. you're like, you know, you're the walls of your vagina literally absorb yeah. what's in tampons. Absolutely. Um, and so we found that out. We wanted to provide like uh, another option. Mm. Uh, and in Canada, it was really hard to buy. Organic pads and tampons except for Whole Foods. Now they're like pretty m- like much more widely available. Mm. That was the first product. And then we found out more digging into like other products that girls use when they go through puberty. Is, uh, we ended up launching the natural acne treatment and the deodorant and, and all those other products. So I'd say our biggest competitors are, are still obviously the um, like incumbents, mm. Kotex. Um, secret deodorant Clean right. and clear
0: <laughs> But I'm thinking Even bigger than that Like I'm thinking Like Procter and Gamble Johnson right, and Johnson Right exactly and Like yeah. these are behemoths You're right These are literally Some of the biggest companies In the world mm-hmm. You're like Ah oh, I want a market share
1: It's so interesting That you bring that up Is because like Kimberly Clark And P&G Are like The only two brands That have been selling Pads and tampons For over a hundred years There's yeah. been hardly Any innovation
0: Right
1: Yeah and up until recently Yeah
0: mm-hmm. Does that mean Personal care products are, are cool. They're interesting, and you have you found a, a dynamic way to like approach them, which is like <laughs> really hard, especially in a in an, when industries get industries get monopolized, innovation usually ceases. Like if you want mm-hmm. an example of that in BC, look at BC Ferries. Like there's a monopoly there; they don't have to innovate, mm-hmm. right? Procter yeah. and Gamble or Johnson Johnson owns, you know, all of this industry. They literally there's no reason for them to innovate. Their profit margins are there. It's beautiful. It's it's a well-oiled machine. It's moving forward. Um, mm-hmm. But the thing about that is, w- we as a it's not us as a human race. Like we we constantly need innovation. We constantly need. Competition. I know I sound like a capitalist here, but it's beautiful to see someone like you coming through and creating competition and creating a force. Mm-hmm. Although it's early stage, sure, but it, there's obviously white space there. Um, so that's really beautiful. And on top of that, you have this theme of, yeah, these products are cool. We've identified an issue and we're tackling it. But beyond that, I mean, the stuff that you guys are doing in sex ed, or just even the example that you're you're putting out there um you mentioned to me earlier uh you can't be what you can't see who was who that was that a quote or was that i just, didn't come up with it was I, that did, that just I don't genius. know who said it though <laughs> oh, you should have just said yeah that was me <laughs>
1: um i love that you said that and like the bc fairies example um it's funny because this is something that affects not the fairies but the pets and tampons 50 percent of the population and like the wow. fact that there's no innovation right like almost all women get their period um at some point um and that just, like, sends a message that we don't care Absolutely. about, right? Like, girls are already taught not to talk about it. Right. It's super taboo, um, getting better. But that that message just keeps saying, like, that you should feel shame and you should feel stigma. Like, it's not even worth...
0: Bringing up. Bringing up, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and that's something that a lot of people don't even have to deal with. But, I mean, that exists... I want to say a lot of people. I mean, the other sex, obviously. I mean, but the, that's that theme of like yeah don't even worry about it like don't don't talk about it stigmatized Mm -hmm. you're 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 fighting the good fight there in multiple ways it's not just about um, tampons like it's also about how you're attacking a business world that's sexist essentially Um, how you're going to venture capitalists that's like dominated by men as well how you're literally innovating on the ground level as well with education there's many different ways you're going like against this against is maybe the wrong word but Mm-hmm. you're presenting another power or you can be part of another power, which is like really cool. And you're finding you're becoming that example in terms of, you know, they couldn't, they couldn't see a way forward. When I say they, I mean, young women um, couldn't see a way forward in, in innovating and disrupting sectors or industries. Now it's like, Oh, there's a disruptor over there. That's a woman. Cause I don't know of many disruptors that are, women and I know I'm wrong in saying that I, I just intuitively know but it's like it's not publicized it's not at the front facing like at least for me who's a guy in Canada mm-hmm. right
1: like I, th- I think there's definitely a lot there's so many women doing amazing things mm-hmm. and that's what's helped me move mm-hmm. forward and like exactly what you said where it's like you can't be what you can't see and I'm super grateful that there are so many women paving the path now. Mm-hmm. I think the first—this is super cheesy—but mm-hmm. one of the first people that I felt really inspired by was actually Sophia Amoruso from Girl Boss. When mm-hmm. I read her book, because she was like—I think you and I talked about this last time too—but just like an anti-capitalist, yeah. hated mm-hmm. big corporations. She used to like dumpster dive. Oh my she gosh. was like a hippie. Um, but the cool thing was seeing her build her business starting on eBay. And then just figuring it out along the way, um, everything from hiring staff to raising venture, and there's there's now a lot of women in D 2 C. There's um, like there's women that have IPO'd their companies in the last few years. Mm. Um, the one of the most iconic things I saw last year was the CEO and founder of Stitch Fix, Katrina Lake, mm. had her like one year old son on her hip at the Nasdaq like wow when, yeah when her company IPO that's
0: iconic
1: yeah it's it was really iconic and I think there are lots of like sexist questions that I've heard I like not for me personally but you know women who are maybe like pregnant and raising money or thinking of having kids and it you know getting asked like very personal questions about if they if they would be able to like continue running their company efficiently and mm. I think all of that is finally starting to change thanks to these women paving the way mm. that are showing that um they can drive amazing returns and just as much shareholder value Absolutely. Um, as well as drive amazing change and build these sustainable companies that are making a big difference in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's not a question of like if women can do it, it's just now making sure that um, they get equal opportunity and equal funding and finally moving towards that number, because right now only like less than 4% of venture dollars go to women.
0: Tiny. So yeah. that, c- less than 4% of venture dollars go to, go to women. So that could be multiple things. That could be obviously that there's not enough uh women building businesses. It could be that they're not being seen. It could be that the dollars are not attracted there mm-hmm. or they're not in the right circles or they're just being marginalized right off the top. Just saying, ah, you can't build that. Right. Cause that's real. That's super, super real. I, you know, have a background in this. So, um, past that, what So when you actually kind of came to market and you had a refined idea um, and you tried to go get some dollars and you kind of pushed past this and became a woman in venture and, and really tried to push and, and fund and scale a business, what was the initial idea? Or actually, maybe let's bring it back a little bit further um, in terms of like, where did Bloom start? What's the origin story a little bit here? And then, you know, when you guys actually kind of came to scale, why go that route and mm-hmm. maybe explain a little bit about funding and, and things of that nature? But I'll get the origin story first, though.
1: Okay, so the origin story um, I'll go way back to when we were what's way back? First what's 20, 2016. 2016. Oh man, back. back in the day, <laughs> um, we were actually a different company. So it's not necessarily like the origins of it's the origins of bloom, but um we kind of told you I don't like the word pivot, but we kinda of pivoted. God, um, buzzword. Yeah. Based pivot. on things that we pivot. learned. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it started with the organic tampons and everything I told you. So I was in law school, um always wanted to um, do something in human rights and was actually doing like a master's thesis on girls overseas missing school because of their period in India and Nepal and Africa up to like a week a month because they didn't have access to like appropriate sanitation or period products. Mm-hmm. Um, so
0: hold up guys, imagine, imagine getting your homework every month and being like, oh man, I'm pretty overloaded. And then rem- imagine having 25% less class time or even homework time for that matter. Like that's huge. Mm-hmm. That's huge. It's not just a little thing like, oh yeah, like it's a week. What's a week? Like, Yeah, that's massive.
1: And just like over your biology, over biology, not just like,
0: yeah, sorry, luck of the draw. My bad.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so now, like how that integrates into our business is we do have like a giving back portion with an organization called Days for Girls, where we help um, provide like products and like money for sanitation. Um, we can talk about that after, but um, that that kind of around the same time as uh, realizing what was in pads and tampons, and the fact that that we have our own issues here in the Western world with mm-hmm. taboo and stigma, um, it's not talked about. And so I called my sister, uh, was like, we should do this, and she was on board right away. So we just what like, was your
0: sister doing at the time?
1: Uh, so she was in school to be an accountant.
0: Oh, and she was like, "Yeah, fuck." Yeah, damn, so we had I'm like out. the
1: traditional Indian careers like law and accounting and we were going to like drop out to sell tampons. <laughs> so our parents were obviously really happy about that.
0: Mom, I want to sell tampons. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> and so we started um and we had like like Excel spreadsheets and a Squarespace website it was like super dinky like it was just like not even I don't know but we uh, it's that whole the universal law of momentum where you put something out there and all these people all all of a sudden are like helping you and like random things happened like I don't know why I was doing this but at the time when I was trying to pay like my student loans I worked a law job and then I was being an extra in movies like for more money yeah
0: (laughs) totally a lot of people did it Yeah.
1: yeah and so that was here in Vancouver and I actually met uh shout out to my friend (laughs) Rohit Uh, and I met him at like 5 a.m on a movie set freezing cold where like everyone's like around the fire trying to warm up because you know how there's like long periods of waiting time yeah Yeah. and this is like when I didn't know much about business at all I didn't know anything about startups and I hadn't told anyone we were doing this because it was so early and for some reason I think he told me that he had a website And it was like 5 a.m. And I was just like, I'm just going to tell him. So I just told him what I was doing. And it was actually the most amazing thing, because then for the next few hours, he just taught me so much. And then we stayed in touch and like he he helped us set up like simple things that we didn't know, like Google Analytics, Google Tag Manager, Webmaster Tools, like all of the things that actually matter, like you have this like grand idea, but you don't know how to execute. Um, So he helped me with the like the nitty gritty Mm -hmm. of just getting off the ground. Um, and so that was really cool. And then I feel like other things interestingly started to line up. Mm. Um, and I was talking to another friend about this, who's starting a company. And he just said that as soon as he started telling people, he started to meet all these great folks. So I think that's one of the most powerful things about having an intention, putting it out to the universe. Um, like I think a lot of times people are afraid that their ideas are going to get shot down, or they're yeah. just afraid to fail.
0: People won't believe in them, or yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And obviously, you know, it sucks if if there's people that are skeptical and put your idea down. But you just got to like, obviously, take that and learn from it and see what you could do better. But I think once you start to see the dots connect and people like jump on board and want to help you, I think that's a really good sign. And so that happened. This is so long winded. No,
0: that's cool. That's the whole point. I told you, you got like an hour and a half. Take your time. You're good.
1: <laughs> and then we got started. We actually went on Dragon's Den.
0: Nice. Yeah. And?
1: So that was three months in. But oh my we, gosh.
0: Three months in?
1: Three months in. Oh we went God. on Dragon's Den. So big. we obviously got ripped apart. Ooh. But we did get a deal. No way. From Joe Mimran. Yeah. No way. Wow. <laughs> yeah. What
0: did you guys get? Oh my God. What was your valuation? The valuations <laughs> are always so ridiculous. It was really
1: bad. We only had $30,000 in revenue and oh we gosh. it was something, I can't remember the valuation. It was just terrible though.
0: What did you ask for? What did you get? We asked
1: Tell for
0: $25,000. Oh my God. <laughs> what were you doing with $25,000? You I didn't mean, even know. I
1: don't know. It really didn't. We didn't know anything. Um, luckily that deal never worked out because nice. we ended up actually seeing some good growth. And by the time the paperwork was going to be done, it like, yeah, was a terrible deal. No. Yeah. And actually they kind of like, I think, the show is more
0: important than the deals. I
1: think so. Yeah, because yeah. like it sounds like a lot of people like the deals just kind of fall through, which is fine. It was a great experience. Um, yeah, so then Dragon's Den happened and then we went to 500 startups in the wow. valley like the summer. So what is 500 startups? Um, it's like a tech accelerator similar to Y Combinator. Okay. So they give you like a chunk of money in exchange for like 5% in stake in your company or 6% stake in your company. Um, as well as like mentorship and kind of introducing you to investors. And the best part about it was spending three months in San Francisco with other Mm. really smart founders. Mm. And for me being from like Surrey and from a legal background and not having been exposed to the startup world, I was like a sponge. I learned so, so much. Holy crap. Yeah. And it helped us really think bigger too and not be afraid to like put that bigger vision out there
0: yeah and and dream big talk big attract big right yeah that those all those all are very important how do you even get in the door at 500 startups because there's a lot of people that would love some funding and wouldn't mind giving up a little bit of equity even though that's maybe not the smartest thing but Mm -hmm. how do you even get in the door with those guys
1: um so we actually hadn't applied because we didn't know it existed but joanna She was here at, like, we used to work at a Suite's office, so she told us they were in town. She signed us up to interview with them. Okay. And so we met them, and then when we interviewed with the team, they were just super shocked. They were like, how have you three bootstrapped this business to, like, 30K a month in revenue with, like, nothing? Like, we had no cash. We had zero resources. So
0: how did you bootstrap 30K? Um, Like, that's not easy. Well. And Tampa, like... (laughs) What? Okay. Yeah. How (laughs) we did
1: no paid ads for the longest time. Okay. We did obviously anything we did back then would not work to scale the business, but it it worked to get us to where we got. So we um, would do farmers markets to begin with. Yeah. We started to send boxes to be reviewed by different bloggers, like Mm. in, in Kelowna and stuff that got us incremental. Like the day we launched, we were so excited and we literally had my friend's mom signed up. And like a guy friend of ours who couldn't even use them but bought it to support so that was the extent of the customers we had but we were still just like really naive and excited so we just kind of kept going and then um the review boxes got us some customers the farmers markets and then we finally learned how to crack facebook ads at Mm -hmm. some point Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. that was during 500 startups and then that helped us start to scale
0: got it so you were selling a subscription-based service Mm mm-hmm so tell me a little bit about that. So how much is it a month? Like why would people sign up?
1: Yeah. So the business models actually changed a lot. So kay. we're no longer a subscription box.
0: Sure. So what was the thought back then when you were like pushing yeah. to 30k? What was that thought there?
1: Yeah. Uh, still a viable business. Yeah. I think it was still a great business because we had awesome repeat customers that yeah. were looking forward to their box every single month. But the thought was that you get your period every month. And so if, if you get like people get Razors delivered to their door every month they get chocolate they get like all kinds of deliveries It makes a lot of sense to get your period products You know it's
0: coming every month it just makes sense Yeah Yeah, and like how
1: many times do you like if you've like you know your girlfriend or your mom like people in your life That have to like run out to the store at like 1 a.m. because they need
0: Mom where you going don't worry about it I'm like oh my god is mom is mom mom buying weed (laughs) No Joss mom has her period (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. And then it's like super overpriced at the airport and stuff. So the idea was people can be um, prepared, get rid of that inconvenience, Yeah. and then also have accessibility to organic.
0: Mm. Yeah. And that's like so huge. I mean, there was um, a woman that died on Hornby Island actually. Did you tell me about this?
1: Was it toxic shock syndrome?
0: Yep. Did you tell me about it? I Might don't have. think so, I but I heard about it. Yeah. Camp trip. They went to like this outdoor education center, Tribune B Outdoor Education Center. Shout out Tribune. Um, And she died in her her sleep. She was totally fine. Completely fine. So fucked up. And no one could figure out why. And she just didn't, she never just never woke up. And it was, yeah, toxic. Like she literally had toxins in her syndrome, uh, uh, in in her system, rather. Um, And she just didn't wake up and no one knew why. And then it just went away. And I always was like, how the hell does this just go away? Like, someone died. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine. Imagine if you're drinking... I don't even know. If you're drinking Coca-Cola, and all of a sudden, like, oh, there's stupid amounts of rat poison in there, and you die off of one can of Coke, mm-hmm. or, like, a couple cans of Coke. That would be momentous. That would be, uh, would be an astronomical PR scandal. Girl dies because she had a toxic tampon. Nothing.
1: Yeah. Well, the fucked up thing is that like with even the pharmaceutical industry, um, there's almost all like new medications aren't tested on women because of their hormones. And so they only pull them off shelves if someone has an adverse reaction.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
1: You read about it later.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah. So there's a lot of
0: systems flawed. Very much testing. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's ridiculous. How, How do you? Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. There's actually a TED talk about it. I don't know. I guess it's just cause some of these things are so entrenched in society for so long, like right. even now. So not to go, okay. This is the last negative thing I'm going to say. <laughs> um, have you More. heard of the company hymns? No, it's like they make erectile dysfunction oh, medication right. and then like hair loss right. meds for men and Viagra
0: stuff. Viagra 2.0. Or, yeah. Or, or, so
1: sure. they launched, a company called Hers kay. which sells birth control for women which is great. Okay. Um but then they sell like beta blockers and like female viagra which has side effects of like heart attacks. Right. Um
0: I mean viagra is not a good thing here, right? Like we all know that's like not a healthy thing. Right? Can we agree on that?
1: Right, especially like the female viagra that they're selling. Sure. But they're selling it like beautifully branded millennial, mm. like, you know, gold trend. Um, Uh whatever. Yeah. And that company has raised like $200 million and has a unicorn valuation in the last, like just three years or something. So um, a unicorn
0: valuation is a billion dollars. A billion dollars. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so it just goes to show like how much women's health is kind of cast aside and mm-hmm. just ignored and an afterthought But because y- investors understand, like erectile dysfunction and male hair loss, you know? Yeah. They're sitting in the boardroom
0: and they're like, Oh, I get that. Yeah. 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 Yeah,
1: That's a problem. I've been there. (laughs) I'm
0: there right now. Actually. Matter of fact, do you have any on you or (laughs) exactly? Yeah. So it's really hard for women.
1: And that 200 million is more than what all of femtech has raised in the same amount of time.
0: That's a really, so crazy. Mm -hmm. So, uh, in that amount of time. So fem, sorry, let's just go back for a second. Femtech. Mm -hmm. Definition.
1: Uh, okay. So I feel like people probably have different definitions, but, um, for
0: a person with no context,
1: I guess just like companies that raise venture that are geared towards women's health.
0: Sure. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, totally. Um, but that's white space. That's opportunity. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, it has been cast aside, but people always say like, Oh, it's 2019. How are you going to invent new businesses? Like, Like everything's been done, or you know, there's everything's monopolized. Like, well, actually, there's a whole spot that hasn't even been touched or thought about, um, and is like super serious and not just an afterthought. So, Mm -hmm. um, shout out to you for going out to that. So, let's go back to 500 startups. Um, Now, you have a little bit of experience. You're in San Francisco with your sister. Mm -hmm. So, you know, someone in San Fran, you rented a hotel. How did you do this?
1: so we because
0: you still had student debt.
1: I did still have student oh, debt. Shit. So, thanks to 500 startups for the chunk change that they <laughs> invested because part of that is supposed to go towards like your living. Nice. Um, so we we rented like a spot close to the office there and like at 500 the the friends we made were the people in our batch. Of course. So there was like thirty odd entrepreneurs or thirty companies and then like multiple people part mm-hmm. of each company. So it was actually so much fun and like kind of like. I don't know how to explain it, but it was just like a 24 seven thing where everyone right. was hustling on their businesses all summer right. in Mountain View. We were actually in Mountain View, not even San Francisco mm. where there's like nothing. The only thing that's around there is like Google. <laughs> and so um, <laughs> okay. all you really can do is work on your business, right? Uh, which is all you want, what we wanted to do while yeah, we were there. there that's what we're there for. And we spent that entire summer just hustling and learning so much. And yeah, it, it was great.
0: Right. Awesome. I love it Um, from there. So that's 2016 still. That's 2017. Where are we now? Summer
1: 2017.
0: Summer 2017. So the big question that I have and like, how did you, because in the early stages when companies are making like literally the first 10, 20, 30, 50, 100K, it's like, Everything is a grind, and you're like literally, you know, scratching and clawing for every client or subscriber or whatever it is, right? How did you like really push revenue past that? Because I feel like there's like a glass ceiling there, or just yeah. like some weird esoteric, like, hey, we're past 100K or 200K yeah. or whatever it is. Like, hey, the point where you as a business owner is like, okay, we're making money. Because mm-hmm. if you're under whatever that number is for you, you're kind of like, yeah, we're a business and there's money coming through, but like, uh, and there's this like weird uncomfortableness how did you mm-hmm. actually like push sales at yeah, that point yeah that's in- still
1: a struggle like that's a struggle all the time sure um so i think the the really big shift point for us was that subscription box business was growing but not at the pace that we like in our gut we're just like this is this is like we're on to something but yep. this isn't like the thing right and so we kept digging deeper and we, there were just patterns that we were hearing from our customer base around cause there were other products we actually had in the box every month, like wellness products right. um, for the surprise factor and discovery along Ooh. with the pads and tampons. And then we started to see these patterns that people were like, I really love that acne treatment. Cause I've never used natural acne treatment that worked before mm. or a natural deodorant that didn't have a scent. But then uh, the one we had in the box came in a Uh, like a pot and you have to use your fingers. And they're like, I want that in a stick form. So just like really like nuanced details of things that were truly missing in people's routines, especially when it came to like organic or safer personal care products that they trusted. And like we saw a big gap in having an actual brand people could relate to or that, especially girls and women could relate to going through puberty because nobody wanted anyone to see their secret deodorant or their like ugly pink tampon box like it just wasn't a brand that spoke to anyone in addition to all the other issues with it that we already talked about so that kind of got the wheels turning where we're like there's a bigger opportunity here and that is to be the brand that girls grow up with to Mm -hmm not only recreate the product line and what they're using, but actually this entire experience and the way they relate to the brand. And like now we not only want to change that, but we want to just change that whole statistic. I told you of like what even happens during this period of time, because I think the lack of sex ed, the taboo and the stigma, all of those things impact, um, the way a girl moves through the world.
0: Totally. Because um, there's, there's so much trauma
1: that happens at that age at that, that age. people don't even realize. Like I am still peeling back the layers of that, you know.
0: And when you say that age, you mean nine to?
1: I would say like. I don't know. Yeah, like probably starting as early as nine, when people people start looking at you different and telling you what to wear and what not to wear. Yeah. Um, to like things like I used to kick or I used to kickbox and had like a white uniform and oh. i was like what do i do now that i have my period like all the guys in the class don't really think about that and my sensei was like a dude so it's like who, who prepares you for that you know right. um, and now there's all these great innovations like thinks which is like period underwear um, so it's all just kind of stuff that like women navigate as they go through the world uh but m- in a way it's not like beauty where that you like talk to your friends about like skincare and makeup recommendations right, right? like this isn't yeah. that's changing i think
0: no one goes home and is like, "Oh my god, girl, this tampon is crazy," <laughs> <Yeah>. you know? <laughs> or, yeah, exactly. maybe they do. I'm pretty clueless.
1: I think it's definitely getting getting to that point where, like, I feel like overall, I've just seen people are so much more open now, which yeah. is great.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's that's what it's about. It's about starting conversation. Talk about um, nine to twelve or nine to whatever. I don't think people fully understand how important that age is. Like from a parenting standpoint, you're like, oh, that's a very key point people or children develop a ton in that stage obviously puberty but like for uh for girls specifically I feel like we haven't um we have no knowledge around like what actually happens during that age like physiologically as well as mentally and why someone like you is like well I'm still kind of like peeling back the layers of that and still haven't really fully dealt with that time in my life why why
1: um yeah. And I would say not even just nine to 12, but like, yeah, I just made that probably nine up. to 20, nine yeah. to
0: 20. Sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just in terms of like, um, well obviously everything to do with like periods and, and that, but I think just the fact that you're pulled in the different directions of like growing up, I was like very much into math, art, science, um, but as you're like, it's, it goes back to you can't be what you can't see. Right. And so you're taught as a woman that um, your value kind of lies in what you look like, yeah. even no matter what you accomplish. And I think Michelle Obama talks about this, where she's doing like amazing things in at the White House, like more than most first ladies probably have. Most um,
0: definitely.
1: Yeah, so many initiatives. Not and even
0: close. Yeah, and yeah. all of
1: America is focusing on her arms like at one point there was just an entire like news cycle about her arms and That's what so she really, wore. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and so I think with Hillary Clinton we saw that too where they would just constantly focus on what she wore, who she looked like, what her husband did. I mean, there was a lot more to that story, but just in a lot of cases there's Yes, there was. Um, <laughs> there's just We can go there. Like <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot where women face, um, these like pressures that like, no matter what they accomplish, or even just like when it comes down to like, you've probably heard of those campaigns, like ban bossy, Mm -hmm. where it's like, if there's a man and he's like super, uh, like a hard ass at work, he's like praised for it. Like Steve jobs. But if it's a woman, she's a bitch and she's bossy. Um, so just stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. I think there's, um, finding your place, like you said, we're in a predominantly male and masculine business world. And I'm still, That's something I still struggle with where I want to bring like who I really am to my business um, and maybe not operate in such a masculine nature and balancing that with really like um, pushing forward in a world that expects you to have those masculine traits in order to be successful as a woman in business. Um, so I don't know if that makes sense, but
0: no, it does. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We had um, another entrepreneur come in and talking to a fireside chat and she like, I forget how she, her analogy, but it was something about salmon swimming upstream. <laughs> it was like a freshwater. Sounds, sounds and like it's water. getting good, but yeah. like, I don't know. <laughs> so kind of like, even like down to the things like air conditioning in offices, it's usually cranked up really high cause men wear suits Right. in like traditional corporate environments, oh like gosh. legal environments. Yeah, yeah. So you'll see women with like blankets right. because they're like wearing other stuff. And so she talks about how like, you know, like cause I don't focus too much on the fact that I'm like a woman in business. I'm just like, I am in business yeah, or I am an entrepreneur. Business, yeah. This is just what I'm doing. Yeah. But there's things where it's like more subtle where if, you know, you're a man and you're in the business environment and you're all the salmon swimming in the same direction. Right. And it's like easier because you're going towards the tide. You're running other people's But as a woman, you're kind of going yeah. against the tide. So it's totally. like you're pushing a boulder uphill right. in some cases.
0: Definitely. The environment is crafted in a different way that's not ideal. And it's built for someone exactly. else. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I understand. Yeah. Um,
1: so you change. not The environment doesn't change for you.
0: Right. And as, I mean, so there's two parts of me there. Where the first part of me is like, well, fuck any environment. just, do it just push Mm -hmm. through it like it is that it's like well no just go it's easy for me to say that obviously um and then the second part of that was like well because the environment is a certain way certain people don't even get the opportunity to push Mm -hmm. that's a big problem that's a huge and we talked about this before that's a huge net negative like just for um society um we are different fundamentally um no better or worse um whether that's culturally or because of our sexes or whatever but diversity is a strong suit. We've known this statistically, we can show this. We can show this in companies that are diverse, have good, like on their board of directors, have good mix between male and female. There's Mm -hmm. different perspectives that are brought to the table. Uh, Things are one water bottle is looked at from two different ways and that can be extremely valuable. Um, And so we miss that a ton. If for instance, you know, half of the population is swimming upstream and like, I'll go off on a tangent and say that like, we, when we look back, on when it's 2030 or when it's two, a thousand years from now a thousand years from now we'll look back and we'll say okay like there was the stone age and then there was like the bronze age and mm-hmm. then there was the fossil fuel people and we'll look at uh, the last age which will be today and we'll be like oh my god like they were the people that still like mass farmed and murdered animals we'll probably say that and we were the people that gave literally 50% of our population we didn't even give them a chance we'll still say that of like today of 2019, like we'll look back on stats like, yeah, 96% of venture funding goes to men. And you feel like, wow, that was messed up. Or like, Hey, they drove around in cars that are full of gas that are literally bombs going, you know, a hundred miles an hour in the say, like in opposite directions. We'll say shit like that and be like, Oh, this is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, having not giving opportunity to 50% of, or I don't know if it's 50%, but let's say 50% of the population is horrendous. It's a net negative for the environment, for the society, for technology, for innovation. We could be further along. I said this to you as well. It's like if what if we, what if at no point there, was, what if there was never sexism? What if there was never the witch hunts? What if like literally households were 50/50 from the jump in terms of respect or economic status or systematic um, opportunity? What if it was just 50/50 like from zero, from like the cave, <laughs> from Mesopotamia? Like imagine where we'd be that's ridiculous Like we would be thousands of years ahead because the effects are exponential um, and that's why I get pissed yeah, off yeah holy shit could you imagine
1: that'd be be like avatar
0: we'd be movie. like avatar bro <laughs> 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 um, be like really beautiful world it would be crazy um, it would be advanced it would be advanced um, where do you want where do you want um, where do you want to send people where, where can they find you? Where do you want eyeballs or, I don't know, thumbs to go? Where can they go?
1: Um, bloom.com. Bloom.com. If they want to shop organic tampons, acne treatment, check out some great blog articles about just skincare yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, and that yeah. whole acne campaign I was talking about. So, bloom.com. It's B L U M E.com. Mm-hmm. And then our Instagram is at MeetBloom, M E E T, B L U M E. Oh,
0: yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank Thanks you so for much having for me. me. By. Appreciate you. Good night.